1: Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. Um, I have with me Dave Bailey and Kyle Connor, and I'm, of course, Jordan Schieffer. And Dave is a brand new IX owner, very proud owner. Uh, Of course, he's a Corvette guy as well. But we're talking about IX today because IX is a new hot topic. And Dave just completed a cross-country road trip, an inaugural road trip, I guess. You flew from what you're in Washington, right? The Pacific Northwest flew to Baltimore and drove this thing back on the I-70 corridor. So we're here to talk all about that and IX let's jump right in. How was it?
2: (laughs) The, The trip was awesome. I mean, why, you know, probably some people are asking why did I go from Washington state to Baltimore to pick up a BMW? So I originally ordered an IX back in December of 2021 and it turned out that my local BMW dealership couldn't get an allocation. It was just too small. So I live in southeastern Washington um, in, you know, about 300 miles from, as uh, the crow flies from Seattle. So not a very large dealership. Found out after several months that they just weren't going to get an allocation. So what I ended up doing was is going through a broker to find me one that had already been pre-built. I basically sent them my spec sheet and said, here's what I wanted. Um, find me something like this. And uh, literally, the guy was amazing. He happened to find me one that was sitting on the port in Bremerhaven, already pre-built, and said, hey, we're getting ready to ship it over here. Do you want this one? And, of course, the dealership that owned that that VIN number was in Cantonsville, uh, Maryland, right, right outside of Baltimore. I said, yes, I'll take it. The plan was for them to put it on a boat to San Diego <laughs> and then a train up to where I live here in Southeastern Washington. Unfortunately, 24 hours later, they stuck it on a boat to Baltimore. And I was like, <laughs> no worries. I have frequent flyer miles. I will come and get it. So, um, uh, you know, Jordan, as I was telling you earlier, um, this car um, and this trip is a reward to myself for, basically overcoming a really bad health problem that I had in 2020 where I was uh, through an autoimmune disease was paralyzed from the waist or from the chest down. They told me I'd to never walk again. And, uh, through many, many, many months of, uh, physical therapy and, you know, just learning to, uh, sweat blood. Uh, I started walking again and my wife was like, you haven't bought a new car in 10 years. I hadn't even bought a new Corvette in 10 years. And she's like, <laughs> why don't you go buy something? Right. And I don't think she realized that I wanted to buy something and then go on a cross country road trip. That was a, <laughs> that was a little interesting for her. But she knew that I was I was I think she was kind of going nuts about how much I had been studying the IX when I had ordered it. I mean, I watched. I read every single thing I could read about it. I watched every video I could read about it, you know, see on it, whether it was European or or US-based or whatever, right? I And then, of course, I watched a bunch of stuff that you guys, you know, put out, especially around charging, because I knew I was going to do this cross-country trip. And it was like, is this even possible, right? Well, i have mm. seen Kyle do it. I've see, seen you guys do it from Chicago down to Texas. I've seen Kyle do it several times cross-country, but with Teslas, right? Yep. But when I started seeing you do it with id4s and other cars i'm like okay electrified america this might actually work out right um so yeah that's how i ended up getting it in baltimore even the guys in baltimore thought i was crazy that i was gonna fly out and get it and drive it you know <laughs> you know cross country they go this is a brand new platform we don't know how much fa- dc fast charges we have no experience we have no customers that have even dc fast charged are you sure you want to do this and i'm like Yes, I have studied everything I can study. You know, I've got backup plans of backup plans on how I'm going to charge. I mean, I had, uh, I signed up for Electrified America and EVgo and ChargePoint and a better route planner and PlugShare And I had, I had physical math <laughs> for everything <laughs> that I had electronically on how I was going to do this trip. So, so-
1: yeah, so Dave, did, was the I-70 route the best route, or is that the route you had to take because of the infrastructure?
2: I took the I-70 route because of the infrastructure. I really wanted to do I-90, and the reason I was going to do I-90 was I was going to go up. You know, So I was going to start in, uh, obviously, Maryland, go up through Pennsylvania, uh, up through um, Wisconsin and Chicago and that kind of stuff, mainly because I got a bunch of friends up there. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I thought, well, I'll just go up and see family and friends, you know, and and that kind of stuff. The problem was, is when you get to like uh, Minnesota, South Dakota, Montana, that I ninety route, it, there was like a better route planner and plug share. Everybody was like, whoa, there's like these red stretches of, you know, is this going to work or not work? And it just seemed like the the uh, spacing of the electrified America chargers on I seventy was just so much better, right? In fact. I only used one charger outside of the electrified America thing. um, And that was just because of an interesting thing that happened to me in Topeka, Kansas. I used a charge point. Other than that, everything was electrified America on I-70 the entire trip home.
0: So before we talk about the trip, can we talk a little bit about your car, why you chose the IX, uh, you know, sort of walk this back a little bit because uh, I've been spending the week with the IX and I have, I'm about to take a big road trip on it and it's, Awesome. It's so comfortable. It does the BMW thing better than almost any BMW, in my opinion. It's just one of the most quiet, well refined vehicles. However, when you ordered your iX, no one really knew much about it. I mean, it's still a brand new car, it's a brand new chassis. You're a Corvette guy. Why BMW? Why the iX over a Tesla or something like this? What drew you to this? Because I think a lot of people say, they just write it off from the styling perspective on the front oh um, yeah but what's your impression of all that why'd you choose this car
2: i so i was going to buy a tesla just that's what was going to happen i was going to buy a tesla there was no doubt in my mind that that's what was going to happen yeah i have to laugh at that picture you know i had to match my match the car with my shirt um and i was going to buy a tesla x right i wanted an suv um, you know, I'm a I'm a big gearhead, right? Have a bunch of my, my wife's cars, a Hyundai Palisade calligraphy edition, right? We call it the bougie mobile, right? Fully loaded. I wanted something with lots of cool features and just, you know, I'm old. You can see I got the old gray beard, so I wanted to be really super comfortable and, you know, um, that kind of thing, right? And so I narrowed. I I, I put in for um, a um, an R1S for. Um, you know, for uh, the, the folks over there, I don't know why the name escapes me right now, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I right. knew I wanted an SUV, yep. but the, the thing I got back from those guys was at Rivian was is that I would probably see my R1S because I'm so far down the list somewhere in like 2025 or something like that. So I'm just keeping the reservation for, it. I told my wife, I said, yeah, I go, we'll get a pickup in five years. Right. Maybe <laughs> she just, she just kind of laughs at me. Tesla was big on the list. Audi e-tron was big on the list. Cadillac Lyric was on the list, mainly because I'm a big Corvette guy. And Chevy reached out to a bunch of Corvette guys and said, hey, we got this Lyric. Would you guys like to play with this? Because there's going to be some interesting things we're going to do from the Cadillac electrified platform that we're going to transfer over to the, possibly to the Corvette e-ray. Would you guys like to be early on the list? Wow. I was like, "Yeah, sign me up." But the problem was, is that the first model that they came out with—I mean, they pretty much sold out really quickly on the reservation thing. I had it in because a buddy of mine's a uh, a um, long-term uh, Cadillac fleet manager, so I could, you know, just get in on it, the thing. But uh, the problem I had with the uh, the Cadillac was, is you could have it only in rear-wheel drive, and you could have it in any color you wanted, which were my two favorite, most hated colors: silver and black. Right? And I was just like. Yeah, you know, I just thought I don't think that's going to work out for me until all wheel drive comes out. The reason I didn't buy the Tesla um, really just came down to um, one was price, uh, two, um, Tesla wouldn't let me test drive the thing. You know, I went up and I was like, let me test drive a used one. I don't care if it's even used on a lot. Let I me, mean, they're like, no, you can't test drive it. And in fact, the only thing they would let me, uh, um, even get in was, uh, was a model Y and this is up in the Seattle area, right? Um,
0: was there a and reason I was like, that? I was kind of turned not, off
2: about that whole thing, right? Did um, they
0: just not have model X's or why wouldn't they let you drive it?
2: They just didn't, they didn't, a, they didn't have them and B even the used ones. They, they told the guys up there told me it was an insurance thing on why they wouldn't let you test drive it. And I go, look, I'm covered on anything that I drive. And they're like, yeah, we're just not going to test drive the thing. I'm like, okay. And then you know, nothing against Tesla, but we all know that Tesla has some issues when it comes to build quality, at least initially. And uh, a buddy of mine got one and I was laughing at him. I called it the shake, rattle and roll, right? The first couple of times it was like panels were shaking and things were rattling. And, and he was spending, he spent almost a year getting it right from day one. Now I am not a BMW guy never owned a BMW in my life, right? I've owned just about everything else on the planet. My wife says she's lost track of all the cars that I have bought in my life, but I never bought a BMW. And, but I do know that BMW's build quality is just second to none. In January, you know, right after I put my order in, um, well, actually it was right before I put my order in, um, BMW put out these test models to all the different BMW dealerships throughout the United States. And they let you go test drive. They like threw the keys to you and let you go test drive them for like two, three hours. And all I had to do was get in that thing once, drive it around the block, and I was hooked. But the, the guy who went with me on my first test drive told me, he goes, look, he goes, I want you to drive it. And I go, yeah, it's a 5,500-pound 5, SUV, and I'm bathing it into corners. And he goes, no drive it so we put it into sport mode i stomped on the accelerator i put this thing into corners that i put my corvettes into that make people scream (laughs) this thing hooked up like a go-kart i was (laughs) unbelievable this 5500 pound you know suv was driving like a go-kart and it was dead quiet you know made my neck snap back when i hit the accelerator something that i can't even do in you know my 600 you know horsepower corvette right um, because there's none of that buildup, right? It's just instant torque, right? And um, uh, and and I was just, I was hooked, and and you know I, I think I told you guys um, earlier, playing the we right playing on the fact that the, that girl, right? I'll even admit is is probably horrendous to most BMW owners who think it's the ugliest thing on the planet. I said, I, I said, well, look, it's got teeth only a naked mole rat mother could love, right? You know, from that perspective. But the funny thing is you don't see the girl when you're driving it. And the rest of the car is so amazing in all of its aspects, from its comfort level and just the way things work and how quiet it is. I I was just, I was hooked, right? So I um, the other thing that was actually a deciding factor too was price, right? I don't know if you've noticed, Tesla Xs are like, by the time you go in and spec, all-wheel drive, a white interior, six seats, you know, you're in the $135,000 range, right? And I got into this BMW iX, you know, all in at $104,000, right? Um, now, someone will say, wow, $104,000, that's really super expensive. I challenge you, go look up the price of an all-spec'd out Jeep Grand Wagoneer. They're like $99,000 and it's a Jeep. I mean, I probably, all the Jeep guys are going to hate me now, right?
1: But <laughs> We're getting emails Jeep. now. Yeah.
2: It's $99,000. A buddy of mine just bought a brand new Denali, you know, fully specced out Denali SUV from Chevrolet, right? He's into it for $94,000.
0: Yeah, they're right? expensive.
2: And, and I'm like... And I'm like, dude, how much that cost you to fill up at Costco the other day? Yeah, it was $91. And I go, yeah, I've charged my IX now, you know, for a month and I'm 23 bucks into it, right? You know, with my little wall box, you know, we get really cheap. One of the benefits of living in Washington state, by the way, is we're surrounded by hydroelectric dams. So power is cheap, right? So that was another deciding factor in getting a, you know, just getting electric all the way right from that perspective
1: i mean it's you're right it's it's an ugly car for some people but seeing your photos like for our visual watchers i have some on the screen here it's the face has grown on me it actually looks pretty good in this color i will say and good in best fact. color best yeah. color best wheels yeah
2: those uh, yeah. are the uh yeah i love that storm bay metallic with those wheels the 22s and the oyster interior right just yep. it's like the total class model of that thing as far as i'm concerned
0: Agreed. And honestly, like the back of this thing is probably one of the best design of any car on the market. It looks so chunky from the rear. You have this thermoplastic rear liftgate, which is pretty cool. And what's interesting about thermoplastic versus aluminum versus other structures, CFRP in this car is typically paint shows up and applies differently on different surfaces. Somehow BMW has made the paint look the same, which is really hard to do. And um, I really am, am blown away with it. So I get the iX, or I get really the luxury SUV thing, but why not an eTron S? Why not wait for the Mercedes EQS SUV? Because those are really the main competitors to this car. Yeah,
2: no. Um. So I sat in, I actually got a test drive, an eTron Sportback, Um. as well as the thing. Um, for me, uh, the eTron, it came down to do different things. First of all, the eTron. And Kyle, I know you own an e-tron. I think it's cool, that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I know you guys love the
0: car. I don't care. um, I want to hear your opinion. For me,
2: for me, the e-tron felt like it was an it was an ice car that they put an electric motor in. Right, that's That's what the e-tron felt like to me, and and it felt cramped. So I mean, you can probably tell in my video, right? I'm a big guy, right? It just felt cramped with that big, huge, um, you know, center console and that kind of stuff. And I wanted something that was a little more, you know, open and, and I love that center console in the iX. So that was one of the things. Um, the Mercedes, um, I think the Mercedes came down from a timing perspective. You know, the SUV is not out for, what, another, what, couple of months? Maybe it'll be out here in the next, uh, um, you know, month or so. Um, but I think from a Mercedes perspective, I was pretty convinced on everything that I read online that the Mercedes was going to be 135 to 165,000. And I did have a budget that I wanted to stay in, you know, you know, even at 104,000, you know, I put a nice, nice, you know, big, huge, healthy down payment on it, you know, so I'm not making a lot of payments on the thing, but I, I wanted to stay right there, especially for my first, you know, electric car. So it really just came down to, it fit all of the checkboxes that that I set up for when I was, uh, you know, putting those checkboxes together. And, and again, the styling for me, even the front end doesn't bother me at all. Right. And maybe it's just because I'm not an old, everything that is, is interesting is anything you read in the forums um, or any of the other videos of the reviewers, right. Where they'll say, you know, Oh yeah, this front end is horrendous, blah, 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 blah. They're comparing it to traditional, bmw kidney grills and things like that and they just they hate the design of it i personally love the fact that bmw if you go back and look at the the ix um the very first uh, show car that they had built right that was like pre-production right that translates almost perfectly over to what this looks like so many people build a a show car or a concept car and it lo- and then when they build the production car it looks nothing like the concept car I love the fact that this has got so many styling cues from the from the concept, and and it's different. There's nothing else out there on the road that you're going to see that, you know, that you've seen. In fact, I've had a couple people come up to me in parking lots, and like, "What is that?" Right? And and people that are not BMW people come up and look at the girl. I love the front end. That I mean, it's funny to see the non BMW people's reaction versus BMW people when it comes to that. You know, I i realize it's polarizing but
0: yeah i've had I'm this very positive about it. i've had people come up with the ix i have this week and say they love it and they think that it looks great and i'm like yeah. really and they're like yep yeah. but yeah. no question like i get why you chose the car because um like you had mentioned the e-tron feels 10 years older than the ix it just feels like uh going back in time now for us this was the ix wasn't out when we got the car at least in big numbers and Probably I would go for an IX if you parked them next to each other. And yeah. I just think the the big thing is, and I'm not normally a range guy, I'm more of a charging guy. And the Etron charges great at 150 kilowatts all the way through, but this IX just doesn't freaking die. I just did a range test on it and it just goes and goes. And this is the M60 one. Now we'll talk about your experience with the range on your trip and charging and all of these things, but so I get why you chose the car. Cool how you found the car actually going you know, through a broker. That's an interesting situation. And then why did you choose this spec? Or I should say, what were the things that were important to you? Because a lot of our audience watching this video, I imagine, are going to be in-market IX buyers. And so what are the features that you got that you're glad you got or things that maybe you got that you don't really need?
2: So it's funny. The original order that I put in, um, for mine that I didn't get was a different color. It was the uh, Blue Ridge Mountain, which is that teal green. Still a pretty color, um, but I'm so glad I went with Storm Bay. Um, I didn't order the Bowers and Wilkins originally. I didn't order the the premium uh, what I called the bougie control, the walnut dash and the crystal, um, you know, the little crystal controls that you have for iDrive and for the doorknobs and that kind of stuff. Um, and there was something else I didn't order. Um, I think think it was the laser lights I didn't order originally. Um, but what my broker did was, is he took my original build sheet and he had access to all these original builds that were going on or that were going to be coming in the U S that people had canceled. So, you know, they already built them, but they said, yeah, I don't want it anymore. And he said, you know, What's close enough to this thing? And of course, on this one, it was Storm Bay Metallic with Oyster. I definitely wanted Oyster, but it had the Bowers Bowers and Wilkins. that was the other thing I didn't order was the Bowers and Wilkins because it was forty-four hundred dollars, right? Just for the Bowers and Wilkins stereo. I was got Harman Carden, no big deal, right? You know, I'll go for that. I got to tell you, if you have the chance to get one with a Bowers and Wilkins, do not hesitate. It is so worth. It the $4,400 that car is so quiet and that stereo system in that car feels like a concert hall. It's unbelievable how good that stereo system is. Um, uh, the, um, uh, the laser lights, um, especially out here, you know, Well, actually just on the cross country trip were just amazing, right? The auto, auto, you know, doing the auto brights and the way that they follow the road and everything else. Um, I'm a little night blind, so those laser lights were just absolutely amazing. Um, other features, I, I so I mean, really, my IX has got. Um, I like to joke when I buy Corvettes, you know, for options, give me one everything, if it's chrome, give me two. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the uh, the IX pretty much is fully loaded, right? The only thing I didn't get in my X are the things that they've canceled for a, a lot of people, like the rear trunk doesn't have the. Uh, the wave of your foot, you know, so the trunk lifts, frankly, I'd probably fall over if I tried to wave my foot underneath the thing to lift the thing up anyway. Um, uh, it, it came with the, what they call the massage delete. So it doesn't have the massage feature, um, in the uh, passenger seat. And frankly, the massage is not anything to write home to grandma about anyway, even in the driver's seat. Um, the seats are, are great. I love them. They're not the best BMW seats I've ever sat in. The best BMW seats I've ever sat in was my buddy's 2010 short wheelbase Series 7. Uh, we called that thing the speed limo. It was the most amazing seats ever. In fact, I tried to find a wrecked one so I can take the seats out and turn them into office chairs. Right? That's just how great <laughs> those seats were, right? Um yep. Uh, in fact, I think there's a company now that actually does that, builds office chairs out of your favorite car seats and that kind of stuff. But <laughs> <That's> um, <great. laughs> my my two favorite features, though, e- even though the Bowers and Wilkins is amazing and that kind of stuff, my two most favorite features in this are ones that I ordered, not knowing what I was really going to get, um, was the um, auto lane assist. Um, and more importantly, the congestion – I don't know what they call it. I think it's congestion assist or something like this.
0: It's like advanced I, driver plus and then under 35, you don't have to touch the wheel.
2: Yeah. Well, would it, for us, we got stuck in a traffic jam outside of Indianapolis. It was 10 miles long. And I went, I wonder how this works. And I went to the dash, and it, it was pretty easy to you know just select it and go. The car literally lined up perfectly behind the car in front of me set the distance at, you know, a car length and a half had a perfect distance between everybody around me. Um, and literally I took my hand off the wheel. I had to just touch it. It's capacity. So I didn't have to touch it like every 30 or 40 seconds. And, um, uh, I took my feet off the pedals and for 10 miles, the car just sped up, slowed down, sped up and slowed down, went with the speed of the traffic. And, you know, we got another traffic jam where my wife was driving it. And she looked at me and she goes, this is magical. She's like, where was this all those you know years when we were stuck in traffic jams on 405 and I-5 in Seattle when we used to live up there, right? That is just the most amazing thing. And, of course, your feet, the first time you do it, your feet are, like, hovering over the pedals, and you're like, ugh, you know, is this thing going to stop? And we were laughing. My wife actually said, she goes, you know, you're going to have to, like, physically push this thing to crash into into somebody and rear-end them if you wanted to, right? You're going to have to consciously want to rear-end somebody in this car, right? So that feature has turned out to be really, really good, right? So good stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean I think you got a pretty good loaded spec of course. I mean, this thing has pretty much everything in it. And um, yeah, so so you you obviously found the car, locked in on I'd say the right one. Totally understand why you'd make the purchase. I think for a lot of people the IX, my preference again if you lined up EQS Model X, Etron and the IX, which I'm actually shooting that comparison today right after this. I think my gut feeling says IX is the better buy to live with. Um, although the Model X, you do get Tesla superchargers, which are great. And so there's other benefits going with Tesla, but, um, tell me about your trip. So it was what, 3000 miles or more?
2: Yeah, just a little bit, well, about 3,500 miles because I did a couple little side trips, you know, on the way back. Um, so we flew out to Baltimore, uh, the nice folks at BMW, Cansville picked us up the next morning at the hotel, took us over, you know, signed a couple of pieces of paper. Cause I did all the paperwork, you know, pre ahead of time. Uh, They ran through some of the features and, you know, making sure I knew where the charging things were at and that kind of stuff and, uh, um, you know, set me up. So there's like three different ways you can uh, get connected to the IX, right? You can do it through your phone. You can do it through the key fobs. You can do it through a digital key. I just did the key fobs in my phone, right? And that worked out perfect. So we took off from the dealership. And the very first thing we did was um, went and had lunch with a buddy of mine because he wanted to see it down in Virginia. And we went to that one. I think, Jordan, you put up that first picture. That picture is at the Dulles Air and Space Museum there at Dulles, Virginia Airport, Um, because we wanted to go see the Space Shuttle Discovery, right, which is on display. And I've never seen a space shuttle up close and personal. It's unbelievable. Um, And that's the that's the Air and Space Museum. That's just an amazing facility. So it's really cool stuff that that they had in there. Right. Yeah, and so we went. That, and that's an SR seventy one oh, Blackbird. Nice. Was just like you know, I feel the need for speed, right? Just unbelievable to how cool. Still
0: the was. fastest aircraft ever produced, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And the, the and well, they still haven't even admitted to what its fastest speed is, right? Some people, I think they've admitted to Mach three point five, but. Some of my friends in the Air Force are saying it's probably well over Mach five, right at top speed, right? Which it's is an unbelievable.
0: incredible plane. Just the fact that it leaks when it's not moving, I mean, <laughs> yes. it, it needs to be freaking thrashed no, out and
2: After they get to Mach one, the seams re weld, and that's why they have to they have to go get it up to speed and then fly, you know go refuel it with an aircraft and the thing. So we went there and then we just started heading home so we uh you know went up uh so <laughs> one of the things i did wrong i couldn't figure out why i wasn't on any of the toll roads going up through maryland and i realized because i was using apple carplay um i didn't realize i had something set on my my carplay <laughs> maps that said stay away from toll roads right <laughs> so the, wrong the thing is is we saw some amazing countryside through maryland and virginia up into pennsylvania and that kind of stuff um and, uh, you know, we, we were just heading for our first, you know, charging experience, right? Um, and we stopped, I think, our very first charging experience, we had about 25% state of charge. Sorry, Kyle, I'm, I'm not brave enough to get down to 1% or 2%. Hey, right it's there. the
0: first one. I always, even in a new car, I always make sure it charges before I run it all the way down.
2: Yeah, I, I was just like, yeah. Um, but we got there. Um, it was at a place called, um, never heard of this because I'm not an East Coast guy, Sheets. Um, oh, the and they had best.
0: A I love sweets.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it was at this little place in Pennsylvania. Which had a, it was great because it had a nice little deli, you know, place you could get some drinks and that kind of stuff. And when I pulled up, it was really funny. I pull up, there's an Ionic 5, there's a Taycan, Can, right? And there's a, um, what else was uh, in there? There was one other rig that was there. And I pull up, and of course, they just all immediately stopped what they're doing and just migrated over to the IX because they wanted to see it. And they're like, how long have you had it? And I go, six hours. <laughs> and, they're like, <laughs> and they're like, how does it charge? I go, we're about to find out. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, I, I grabbed that thing out of Electrified America. And I just I just had confidence that everything was going to work, right? I give a lot of credit to your guys' channel on what you've done, you know, to you know show how those things work and, and other things that I had done. But um, literally, I plug this thing in. It doesn't have plug and charge, right? So you plug it in and then you go to your app and, you know, select what you want. Do you get free charging on Electrify America? Yeah. Free charging for two years, 30 minute, uh, 30 minute stints. Right. Um, And then you just, anything after that, it just charges to the, you know, charges to the app. Um, uh, but you know, if you're sneaky about it, you can unplug at 29 minutes and then replug and get another free 30 minutes. Right. So that, that works beautiful as well. Yeah. But I plugged it in. And I actually started my stopwatch because I, you know, I saw all these nightmare scenarios about handshaking and how long they take, you know, like the Mustang Maki. You know, I was watching your videos there on that, you know, the first time you went and road trip that thing, and I was like, oh my God. And I'm thinking to myself, I've got my wife here, she's gonna hate me if this thing doesn't talk and this kind of stuff. 15 seconds, 15 seconds, that thing was ready to go. I hit go and I was up to 179 kilowatts. And,
0: nice. and I
2: was like. Well, this is working. And um, the guy in the tie can was like, man, that went faster than even my tie can. And uh, so we went over and w- w- uh, we just walked over to Sheets Place and got some, you know, got some drinks and got a couple snacks. And 30 minutes later, I was up to literally, I think it was 29 and a half minutes, I was up to 80% and unplugged and we headed off to the next one. So the first thing we drove, 100 miles, 100 miles, right? Till we just got too tired and, you know, pulled over and, you know, stayed at Holiday Express, right? You know, so I could be a nuclear physicist the next day, right? What's that old joke with Holiday Expresses, right? Um, And that was kind of like the way it worked uh, the rest of the trip, right? We would drive anywhere from 500 to 600 miles. I think the longest we drove in one day was like 670 miles. Um, And we would charge um, three times a day. Right. So we would charge mid morning because we always had it started with either a full charge or an 80% charge. Um, Charge about midday, charge again, you know, towards late afternoon. And then we would charge right before we check into the hotel just so that um, we we couldn't find any hotels that had level two chargers. Not a single one that we stayed at at level two. So we just, you know, found a a Wally World near where we were going to do it and and, uh, charge from that perspective. By the way, Walmart. Shout out to them from the perspective of why they put all those chargers in there. You know, they claim that's thirty minutes of free charging. I got to tell you, one of those Wall-E-World stops cost me like thirty-five bucks because my wife went in and went shopping at every one of those <laughs> things. Well, it's an
0: <laughs> even better deal for Walmart because all they had to do was just release the land, and they didn't have to spend a dollar because Electrify America spent all the money to put in spend the. Spent all the
2: money to put the put yeah. the. Uh, the well, thing
0: Walmart in, yeah. just said, "Hey, take the back four spots of our parking lot. We don't care."
2: The only places that I didn't charge that were not at a Walmart were at Casey's General Store in Salina, Kansas. Been there um, many times. Uh great place cold beer. That was that was great. Um a target um, in uh, Denver, right before you get on the pass and you're going up through. That was my favorite drive, by the way. That that part of the drive was my oh, favorite. And the amount of regen I got. I mean, I went from there. I started at 98%. I went from there all the way to Grand Junction. And most of that would just regen. Oh, yeah,
0: easily. You burn it on the first half, but then you just coast forever on the second half. And the regen on that
2: IX is, I know you weren't trying to do any regen on your testing. You were doing on your 70-mile-an-hour thing but the amount of region you get on that thing, especially if you go high region was unbelievable. Um, I just set it to automatic and the IX chose to do high region when I was going down that backside of that, that pass Cause I think oh, I earned 30, 40% going up and then coming back down, I gained like 55%. Right. Um, and then, so, so the target right there that has that big supercharging station and then a couple of electrified America. Yeah, like yep. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, and then, um, in utah we stopped at the um at the uh the cafe there the um green river yeah green river cafe and that one was just they were all just literally just the only places that i had a problem with electrified america i had a couple charging plate stops where i couldn't get above 55 kilowatts and it was literally because someone would pull up and get right beside me and i could tell we were sharing no, I would be, no, be like not 125 like and it would drop to 55 as soon as they plugged in, right?
0: That's, that's interesting. But EA doesn't share their units. So it could be a site limitation or the 55 kilowatt thing. Man, there's so many weird reasons as to why. Most of it's down to cable temperature sensors, though. But their EA stuff doesn't share. EVgo does
2: oh okay well yeah so now the the biggest charging um uh so we we stopped a lot of really cool places we stopped at turn two at indianapolis speedway and took a picture there um uh obviously jack stacks in kansas city because they had to get some barbecue so before i got before i had this health issue you know I used to fly around the world. I've been around the world like 40 times. Been all over the United States. Been all 50 states, you know. And this was kind of one of my bucket lists. I wanted to see the United States from level 30,000. So I've a lot of places. Like for example, there's uh, from the Red Iguana um, there in uh, Salt Lake. Some of the best Mexican food ever on the planet is at the Red Red Iguana Cafe there. Um, But the only place that we had the oh my god, what did we do moments was Topeka, Kansas, and here's where I learned a very valuable lesson, and that's double-checking everybody against everybody else. I think been going really smoothly. I think we were day three into the trip. We uh, we get to Topeka, Kansas, so we're like 80 miles outside of Topeka, Kansas, on this back road. This is where I discovered, by the way, tollway. I'm like, why am I on this back road and not on I-70? It was because of that, you know, CarPlay had it set to no-take toll roads, and I didn't realize there were some toll roads, there, or at least it thought it had some. No, that
0: uh, is a toll only road.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. So I didn't know that. So I didn't pay a single toll. The funny one thing was, I didn't pay tolls the entire time because I just wasn't, uh, you know, it's not not a
1: bad deviation, but yeah, it's a little slower.
2: (laughs) But it's a little slower, but it's pretty, right? That lake area there outside of Topeka and that kind of stuff is really gorgeous. But one of the things my wife and I started doing was, you know, she was being the great co pilot. Well, this time she was driving and Uh, She goes, hey, why don't you log on to the EA site and see what chargers are being currently used so we know which one to to pull up on, right? The funny thing is, is almost everywhere we charged, it was always charger number three. I don't know how that worked out, but it was always charger number three at almost all the EA places. So I bring up the EA app and I look at it and it's like one, two, three, four, all offline. I'm like, what? What? They all stay offline, right? And my wife's like, I go, how much charge we got left in the car? And we're still 25 miles outside of Topeka. <laughs> and uh, we realized that that EA thing is offline. And I said, well, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it's something wrong. Let's still just go there. And sure enough, we get there. The entire parking lot is torn up. The EA chargers are completely offline. You can tell where the electricians are working on them. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they go, how much uh, charge do we got left? And we've got 20% left. Um that's about where we hit, was 20% on every single one. And she goes, What are we gonna do? And I'm like, hmm, well, we're in Topeka. We can stay the night. I go, we can find a level two charger and just charge overnight. Um, and I uh it was funny, I called the local BMW dealership at at Topeka and I said, Hey, um, do you happen to have a level two charger? And the receptionist went, What's a level two charger? And I yeah. go, you know, for your electric vehicles, and she goes, "What's an electric vehicle?" And I went, "Oh, we're in Kansas now." <laughs> <laughs> so what we did was we got on PlugShare and um, found a charge point charger. It was five miles away, and it was level two. And I just told my wife, "Look, we're just going to go plug in. We'll go have a really long dinner. Maybe we'll check into a hotel somewhere as another level two. When we got there, this little parking lot actually had the first. DC fast charger for charge point in Topeka, Kansas. And we pull up to it. And I'm like, that's a DC fast charger. Cool. Let's use that. Plug, get in there, plug in. And the thing says offline. And I'm oh.
0: like, I'm
2: like, Ugh. so I, um, I called the one 800 number on the charger. And it was so new that the guys at charge point didn't know it existed. And I'm trying to give them coordinates and GPS coordinates and, zip codes and everything else and after about a half an hour he found it in the system he goes hold on a second are you still plugged in i go yeah he goes hold on and he goes is it working i went yes and he goes yes he goes let me just stay on the line with you so he stayed in line with me for like the first half hour right and it got me you know it got me up to like 75 percent but while we were there this, this poor soldier pulled up in his key with his wife and his one month old baby. And they had the same thing. A better route planner had sent them to the same Walmart we were going to. They had just come from Casey's at Salina. And he said, well, we just charged up there and we know it's working. So I just got enough to get to Casey's. And I said, look, get off those level twos, get here. So you can get to your deployment base. Right. He was trying to get to his deployment base. I'm just like, and we'll get out of here and go to Casey's. So we just drove the 120 miles. I think it was between Topeka and, and that was literally the only place that we had a problem. But of course, we learned a valuable, very valuable lesson: a don't trust just one source of information. Because the better route planner didn't know that that Walmart was offline, right? I sent him a nasty gram email, I went, dude, what, you know what are you doing, right? This thing is offline, right? And so we would always double check um, the Electrified America app, right, wherever we were going to go, to make sure they were online. And then double check it with PlugShare just to make sure that people are reporting something weird going on and that kind of stuff. But the rest of the trip was, uh, was just kind of non-eventful, right? On average, we got 145 to 155 kilowatt charging at every place, every place literally connected in within 15 seconds on the handshaking with the IX. Um, I don't know if I just got the most perfect IX on the planet and, you know everything else, but I think BMW's really figured out what to do with those chargers. Um, and um, I've even char- tried a couple other chargers. You know, some some weird local brands here in the Tri Cities because there's no EA here in the Tri Cities where I live. They just plug right in and they go right. The communication's just been flawless from a handshaking perspective, right? I think That's I only had awesome. to switch chargers at one location a couple of times. It was because like one handle is broken. Cooling wasn't working. I couldn't get above 30, and I finally found the magic one that was like 85, and I went, okay, I'm just going to stay right here, right, until we get where we're going, right?
0: Right, and that's an interesting point, though. Like, how do you classify a successful charging session? Because when you plug in with an IX, which has 105 kilowatt hours usable, and you're only getting 35 kilowatts, in my eyes, that's not a successful charging session. But in many others, especially Electrify America, yeah, that's a successful charging session. you got power. And so- You know, that's kind of like, uh, okay, I agree, uh, road tripping across the country on the same route you have many times. I don't even think about it anymore. It's so easy. You roll up, like you had mentioned, maybe once in a while you got to swap a handle or things like this. But when did you take this trip? Was it really recently or was it a couple months ago?
2: I started August 8th, or excuse me, August 6th, um, and six days later I was home. Right. Well, so it was fun. hot. It was yeah. in a couple of places. It was like, like uh, um, in Pennsylvania, it was like 105. And a lot of places, it was over 100 degrees the entire trip. You know, um, the only thing I couldn't figure out on the IX and is there's, I don't know if it's just a translation thing wrong with BMW because, you know, we talk about preconditioning, right? And preconditioning before you get to the charger. So one thing I didn't use was – is I, I the one thing I'm not a fan of is I'm not a fan of the route planning in the iX. I just – I found it cumbersome to use. I found it slow. And maybe if I had used it, preconditioning would have worked, right? I just used the – I just put everything into Apple Maps and Waze, and that just worked perfect. And, and there's a set in the
0: iX. There's a setting in the iX that lets you choose your arrival state of charge from 5, 10, 15 or 20% at a charger and so I haven't tried this I'm about to but what didn't you like specifically about the route planning do you think it was just too conservative or it wasn't bringing you to the right chargers or what did you find It was just what? a
2: little it was so slow to try to figure out you know where you were going to go and identifying the um, the thing the other thing was I discovered a bug with CarPlay and Apple and a better route planner because I tried to use a better route planner and when a better route planner goes into CarPlay, it doesn't allow you to control the screen. So it's like, duh, you know. So I couldn't use a better route planner within CarPlay. So I just ended up just manually putting the stuff in. BMW has a preconditioning mode you can do, but when they talk about preconditioning, it's precondition the car before you go out in the morning, like if it's a cold morning or it's a hot day, or you know, or something like that, right? Um, so I never could figure out how to just say. I want to precondition the car because I'm going to be charging here in the next, you know, whatever. Like you can do with a with a Tesla and some of the others, right? So yeah.
0: But one thing I've um, noticed about IX is it's not so temperature sensitive. It's very similar to I3, where unless it's kind of really cold, it kind of just charges great. And just it does. Kind of it just
2: kind of char- it just just kind of charges great. And my, you know, I don't even think about it with my level two charger at home, right? I just plug it in, and you know, it's like I don't know. I plug it in at about 20% and you know, it's like five or six hours and it's all charged up to 80. I haven't really taken it up to a hundred percent on level two. I've only took it up to a hundred percent when I was in long stretches coming cross country. Most of the time it was 80, 85% based on how many miles I was going to go. And I was doing the calculations in my head kind of similar what you do. Right. I was like, okay, I know I'm going this far. I know it can do after I got confident after the first three charges, like I know I'm going to get here. So, that's where I'm going to. Uh, that's where I'm going to stop. Plus, I picked charters based around points of interest that I wanted to stop at. Right, like for example, the Indianapolis Speedway, or you know, um, you haven't lived until you've been to the Ozarks, right? <laughs>
1: that's right. Stop at the Ozarks
2: uh, the Ozark store, right there. <laughs> I forget what actually was, but it was kitschy and I had to laugh, right? You know, yeah, all the best that's
0: the best part of a road trip is just being yeah. able to experience all the stuff. Yeah. So, so I, I
2: haven't used the, the other thing I wasn't a fan of on the BMW uh, navigation system is, is that um, both my wife and I detested how it told you to exit. So play around with it. When you start playing around with on your road trip, instead of it being like, you know, like with a, uh, Apple maps or waves and this kind of stuff, it'll say, in five miles, your exit is going to be coming up, right? Or in two miles, your exit is here. Um, the BMW just scream out, bear right <laughs> or bear left. And it was like when you were right on top of the exit. It's like, yeah, I'm in the fast lane. How the hell do I get over there, right? And it was like a couple of different times I was doing these. In fact, we got stuck in this loop-to-loop hell outside of Indianapolis in the construction that they were doing. It was just like I swore, I said, if I can get out of this construction, I will never come to Indianapolis again in my life. Right. So it was, it was kind of crazy. And I finally just pulled over, turned off the BMW navigation system, went to Apple CarPlay and Apple Maps, and I was fine.
0: Well, that, that sounds pretty cool. So, I mean, look, a, a super successful road trip, no question. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of reports of, of major Electrify America issues coming from our side. And I think it's great to balance it out with good reports, too, because I think we've shared some of the best and some of the worst stories about the network, about U.S. charging. And, and specifically on your route, it doesn't seem like you hit very many ABBs. It's mostly a signet route on the route that you went on which is, um, I think the, probably the charging stations they're having the least amount of trouble with at the moment. And they seem to be kind of ripping in hot weather, giving max power. So that's pretty sweet. We, um, you know, it's all part of the wild rollout of, of early days of electric vehicle infrastructure for sure. But, uh, glad you chose the IX. And so now that you're back, now that you've kind of got some miles on it, you've put people in it. what, Obviously, as being a, a diehard combustion enthusiast like us going to electric, what uh, what do your friends think? What do people think about the iX?
2: You know, the funny thing is, is that they have two reactions. Their initial reaction is, is I don't get it. Dave, um, you know, what? what are you doing? Right. You know, you're a gearhead right? Um, you know, one of my buddies actually has a business where he builds, you know, he takes Corvettes and pumps them up to 2000 horsepower. And the motors only last like six months, but you know, it's fun in those six months, right? Um, and then you put them in the IX. And, I, and I, with all my friends, including my family, I've just said, here, go drive it. Just go drive it. And the first thing I tell them is step on the accelerator. No, 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 no. Punch it to the floor, right? And the yelps and the explanations they make when they figure out just how fast this thing, you know, goes is is just unbelievable. And and then they get it right. They you know, I told them, I go. So, look, I'm I'm a realist. Right. Um, in fact, my wife got me a license plate frame because I told a bunch of friends of mine, they were like, you know, Dave, you're not an environmentalist. What, what the heck are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And, I, and my wife got me a license plate frame for the rear of the AX. I still haven't got my license plate, so I'll put it on when, when they come in. But the license plate frame says, it's definitely not about the environment, right? <laughs> That's not what I bought the car for, right? Um, Because you've got to be an idiot if you don't realize what you have to do in regards to fuel burn to dig up lithium and all the metals and everything else. I mean, the carbon footprint for a 105 kilowatt battery has got to be five times what you would have in any kind of gas car or ice car that's on the market today, right? No Um, question.
0: It's it's more energy intensive to build an electric car. To build an electric car,
2: right? So it's not about the environment. For me, um, not only am I a gearhead… But I'm also, I, you know, Jordan and I were talking about this, right? I'm also a computer specialist and I've been in technology for years. So for me, it was about the technology. And by the way, that's one of the things the iX won me over on too. I, I'm a big guy about when you're looking at the dash and you're looking at the environment that you're driving and the feedback that you're getting. I mean, the heads up display on the AX was amazing. I love that 32 inch, you know, high definition dash and the way that it works you know, and yeah, you can, Chris, you know, you can criticize some of the controls in I drive eight, but just how easy it is to use while you're driving and just using your right hand to, you know, all the little quick buttons and that kind of stuff. The user interface is really good from that. I'm not a minimalist guy, right? So you kind of get the best of both worlds, right? Um, you know, from that perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate all of your insight. I think it's so cool. You're driving an IX also want to recommend if you're listening to this podcast, you wrote as the dog is breathing really heavy, trying to play ball at the moment. Um, <laughs> I would highly recommend that you, uh, that our viewers go over, you wrote a little, a road trip, uh, blog situation going through each of your legs and the efficiencies along the trip. And I looked through that actually, and I'm going to do one last time before I leave on this trip because we're going to be taking a similar route as you. So I want to look at the stretch you did and compare it to my stretch. Of course, different conditions and things like that. But I think it'd be kind of neat numbers wise to see the difference. Yeah.
1: yeah. That will be in the, uh, that will be in the show notes for the podcast as well as the video description for those of you curious. Uh, It's a great blog. Dave, Dave's a good writer. So
2: (laughs) I tried to do a video blog Kyle and I'm not very good at recording videos,
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so, it's a learned process for sure. Yeah,
2: my my wife took a whole bunch of uh, a bunch of video of me doing charging stations and and you know doing commentary during the trip and that kind of stuff. And I was just like, yeah. I, I looked at the video, and went, yeah, I think we'll just stick with the blog, right? You know, from that perspective. So.
0: Well, you'll have to do some writing for us about your ownership experience, about your Corvette stuff. We're going to probably relaunch our written website here pretty soon. So it'd be cool to have you contribute when you have time, of course. And um, yeah, can't, can't thank you enough for willing to do this podcast. It's great to hear super positive stories, especially about what I think is one of the best electric SUVs on sale. And of course, our charging network to help encourage people to go out and adventure and drive, which is what cars are all about.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, I've seen a lot of negative stuff online and I would challenge those people that have been negative. Just go drive it, right. Just get in it and and you will completely understand what BMW has built. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seriously considering, you know, throwing a deposit down on an I seven, you know, even though I don't need anything that bougie and, and big. Um, but I will, you know, depending on I, I keep my cars a long time, right? I keep my yeah. cars on average, you know, eight to ten years. Um, I don't know if the iX will go that long, but if BMW uh, gives me a chance to go to what you know the 2024 or 25 iX, I'd probably sign on the dotted line and and get an upgrade, depending on what they uh, you know what they do with it, right? So it's a well, fun car. I love it
0: it's great and the i7 i saw quite a few around europe um actually looks pretty cool and imposing in person and i think it's just going to be one hell of a serene machine if the ix is anything to go you know for basis of comparison the i7 must just be insane
2: yeah if you're a limo CCD company you want an i7, especially with that what is it going to be like a 45 inch screen that drops down from the ceiling right so you can watch <laughs> movies while you're getting your butt massaged in the back or something like that. Right. I, I don't think yeah. I need anything that bougie, but um, it's, it's fun to, you know, it's weird. I, all the criticisms I've seen people give about the IX of doesn't have enough trunk space or, you know, this or that, and that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't find any of that to be true. So I don't know if they're just looking at the specs and trying to find things against it. They, they most commonly compare it to an X5 right um but a buddy of mine's got an x5 and we put his x5 head to head up against the ix and he's like i buy this tomorrow right so he goes i don't mm-hmm. understand where all the criticisms." and when he found out i was driving 350 miles you know on 100 percent charge he was like yeah that's for me by the way that was a magic number i wanted something long from a range perspective even though i don't road trip all the time even though i don't drive i mean you know all the place you know long road trips For me, I wanted to be able to just jump in, drive all the way to Seattle, which is like 250 miles, right? Drive around Seattle for a while, do a charge, and then come home, right? That was kind of like my benchmark. So 350 miles of range um, should be uh, really interesting. I also, by the way, signed up with a company. I don't know if you've heard about this company up in Canada that's created a new stack lithium stack battery, like they're doing for drills and power tools and stuff they're working with bmw to create a lithium stack battery replacement pack for the ix and apparently they're going to start testing it here in like the next six months and they're saying initial range estimates are 650 miles on this pack
0: right wow so it's like
2: yeah i was like well hopefully it's not a hundred thousand bucks right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that would be, interesting, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, six or seven or eight years into it, right. And it comes time to replace, I mean, the battery warranty is what, um, something like 150,000 miles in eight years or something like that. But if, you know, you got to the point where the degradation got so bad, if you could get into a battery pack and just replace it and get another, you know, get 650 miles of range, that would be truly interesting. Right.
1: So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, I mean, it's great to talk to you and hear about the trip. And again, to all of our listeners and watchers, check the notes for his blog, because that's where you get, obviously, what we talked about, and even more, and a lot of great photos. I could only show a few at a time, but there's a lot of photos in there, which is great, supplemental visual experiences for those of you who want to track the progress. So thanks again, Dave, for- Guys, thanks for the opportunity. As you
2: can tell, I'm a big IX proponent, right? So um, (laughs) for being a first BMW, not such a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs)
0: agreed thanks dave
2: all right thank you very much everybody take care